You're listening to Surly Talk Sport. Brought to you by Sky Sport now. How good. Welcome back. Surly Talk Sports back in the saddle for another episode on your Thursday. She's already been a huge week of sporting news, of course. Razor Ray dominating the headlines. Our new All Blacks coach. Then we had the Warriors winning. Unfortunately, the Blues lost, but they are going to right their wrongs this weekend. Shout out as always, Sky Sport now for partnering on this episode. If you haven't already subscribed, make sure you at least check them out. Head along to the website, www.skysportnow. Check out some of the features they have on offer. The app is jam-packed with sporting highlights. If you miss a game, you can catch up with all the action in a nice little three to five minute package. ESPN, all the Sky Sport channels, all in one place. It's the home of sport. Use the code SURLY10 to get yourself a 10% discount. If you chuck that on the yearly package, it actually works out as less than a dollar a day. How good of a deal is that? So make sure you get amongst it. Another big show today, of course, previewing and reviewing all your action in the NRL and the Super Rugby Weekly Wrap. We'll cover some cricket and a UFC 286 review before casting the eye over the run home in the NBA and also some soccer football with the All Whites taking on China tonight. She's all go, so without further ado, let's rip into it. How good. Round three of the NRL and the upsets and unpredictable results continue to roll into this week. I can't remember the last time the Storm, Sharks, Bunnies, Cowboys and Eels all lost in one weekend. But boy, does it make for entertaining viewing for us fans. Of course, kicked off Thursday night, Manly taking on Parramatta. Manly getting the dub, 64 points scored in total. Both sides chucking the nut around, playing some running rugby league, and in the end, Manly really had to hold on to hold out a fast-finishing Parramatta side. They scored 14 points in the final 10 minutes to set up a real grandstand finish, but I definitely think the best side on the night came away with the chocolates for Manly. Tommy T, he's back, baby. That hamstring firing on all cylinders. 204 running meters, two tries, 51 PCMs, 10 tackle breaks, and a try assist. Origin Travojevic, well and truly back. And his combination with Joshy Schuster and Ruben Garrick on that left edge looks like it's going to prove a real handful for opposition defences all season long. In fact, four of their six tries came down that left-hand flank with Schuster especially showing the no-lookers of doom, really bamboozling the Parramatta defence in his first performance in the sixth jersey. You'd have to say he ticked all the boxes as well. Looks every bit 
a classy 5-8 for Parramatta. They were a real mixed bag again. A slow start from them and their ability to leak points really is worrying. Every time you score 30 in the NRL, you shouldn't be coming out with the loss. Finish the game with a 64% completion rate on attack though, which simply isn't good enough. And they've now slumped to 0-3 ahead of only the Tigers, who really do suck. So boy are they in some Barney rubble. Friday night, double head. First game, Knights taking on the Finns out there in Newcastle with the Finns coming away with the win. 36 points to 20 and what was a bit of a roller coaster for Redcliffe fans down 18-16 with 20 minutes to go it looked like they were going to cop their first L of the season against a battered and bruised night side would have been an upset luckily though they really hit their straps in the final stanza piled on 20 points in 20 minutes and ran away with it fairly comfortably in the end for the Knights the tough times they continue boy do they need Caelan Pond and co back in the mixer stand out for me Lockie Miller again he was exceptional at the back he's so quick every time he gets the ball in hand he looks dangerous continues to make that transition into a rugby league fullback of course he used to play for the Aussie 7 side got speed to burn and looks to be a real talent for the future for the Dolphins Tessie New grabbed himself a hat trick a triple meaty and their wingers have been exceptional so far this year Jermaine Isaac he continued his hot run as well in the forward pack I thought Tommy Gilbert was really good he trucked nut all night long and got through a mountain of work on defence as well in the end another great win for Bennett and Redcliffe the unbeaten run continues and they march into the Battle of Brizzy this week in the second game on your Friday night Barnstormer Roosters taking on the Bunnies the Chooks getting the win 20 points to 18 and finally getting the dub over their crosstown rivals the Bunnies have had the wood of them in the past few matchups so no doubt coach Trent Robinson was happy to see this result go his way and boy do you love this rivalry just two sides that genuinely have a disliking for each other and they aren't afraid to show it lots of argy-bargy plenty of pushing and shoving and she pulled over a bit at the end there with Joey Manu and Michael Chika and both getting sent to the naughty boy chair for 10 minutes early on in this game I thought the bunnies were going to do it and do it easy they shot out to a 10-0 lead after just 12 minutes and it looked like they were going to kick on and really pile on a cricket score but it wasn't to be big momentum shift from me the injection of Jared Waria Hargraves and the Waiheke Wombat Brandon Smith they really turn this game on their head the Bash brothers off the bench two enforcers they bring a lot of energy and aggression to the middle of the park especially Brandon Smith had been struggling in the first few weeks of the competition I actually dropped him from my fantasy side as well and shit am I regretting that now but maybe this is the blueprint they run with for Brandon moving forward bring him on around that 25 minute mark once the opposition defense is starting to tire let him rip and tear around the tiring ruck defence, scored a try, set up a few more, great to see the cheese, back at his menacing best, big win for the Chooks, they've been far from convincing to start the season, really hit their straps though, and hopefully this is that win they needed, to really kick them in, 
to fifth gear super saturday and boy what a super saturday it was too back to back boil overs to get us underway first up don't think anyone saw this one coming i thought it would be tight i think i tipped storm one to twelve but the titans they went the big lift and pulled off the upset 38 points to 34 over the highly fancied men from Melbourne. Crazy scene, 72 points in total. The Storm conceding 38 in a game. What is going on? A huge win for the Gold Coast. And man, would I have loved to have been a fly on the wall in the Melbourne Storm changing room after the game. No doubt Bellamy was losing his shit. 17 errors. They completed at 63% on attack. Really un-Melbourne-like. Only real standout for me, Ali Katoa. He was great again, but apart from that, their attack just looked so clunky. So many errors. Even guys like Jerome Hughes weren't quite at their usual standard. You have to wonder, maybe, is 2023 the first year in forever where we see the storm start to fade away a little and not make the top eight? It seems a little crazy. Of course, they're still to welcome back guys like Cam Munster and Ryan Pappenhausen, but they just look to not have that same depth, swagger, and aura about them this season. Interesting times ahead. And no doubt Bellamy will be looking for a huge response from his lads this weekend. Speaking of aura and X-Factor though, great segue into this next game. Because our boys, the mighty Waz, full of aura and X-Factor, made the treacherous trip to Townsville to take on the highly fancy Cowboys. And came away with the two points in convincing fashion. 26 rugby league points to 12 and this for me probably one of the best performances from our team that I can remember in recent years our defense again exceptional we conceded the first try of the game and then the Cowboys scored again in the first 14 minutes but from there on out for the next 66 minutes we didn't concede a single point, which up against a quality opposition like the Cows is incredibly tough to do. They're stacked with talent all over the park. Their forward pack comes extremely highly rated, but our defensive backbone this season really is improved. Again, we scrambled to the contact in numbers. And just having guys like Marata Niakore in the side, he's able to snap blokes in half, force errors you just have this weird trust about our defensive line that we haven't had in many seasons on attack 80% completion rate that's good stuff I've always said in order to compete with the best you have to be able to complete at a high rate and it's great to see our new structures and our new combos really starting to shine. Sean Johnson, what a performance. He's leading the competition in kick meters and line break involvements and just in general, the way he's taking the ball to the line, digging in deep into the opposition's defense and just running the football whenever he can. It's bloody encouraging signs and we always look so dangerous whenever Sean starts running across the field, dropping blokes under. You just get so excited. And I was saying all preseason, just you wait and see. Sean Johnson, he's in for a big year. Shredded out of his mind. 55 abs and he's ready to rip in. Great to see him delivering too and silencing a lot of the haters. And he's being allowed to play this way thanks to his halves partner, Tamari Martin, who leads the league in line break assists. He's taken so much of the weight off SJ's shoulder. Together these two 
can shoulder the load together and the results have been there for all to see. An unreal addition, old T-double-M. Standout performers, everyone played unreal really, the whole 17. You look at guys like Bailey Surinan who came on off the bench, had to play dummy half, a role he's not familiar with, but looked bloody good in doing so. So it was tough to highlight only a couple. Did want to mention though, Tain Tuapiki, the young fella on debut, living up to all expectations. This kid's a footballer. And he's going to be a real talent in our game for many years to come. 150 run meters, 8 tackle breaks, 0 errors, safe as houses. Marcelo Montoya, man of the match. 2 tries, 229 run meters, 3 line breaks. This bloke can back fence it with the best of him. His kick returns are something else. And that box formation we've been running on attack. It's really starting to free him up. Man, is he dangerous in open space. Love watching this bloke play. Wade Egan Park, my lord, mentioned him last week that he's starting to play like a top-tier hooker this year. And again, he proved it with another exceptional shift. Unfortunately, picked up a head knock, had to leave the field. But prior to that, 42 tackles, only two misses. And he scored another try. That's three and three games now. Battered and bruised all game long, but like The Undertaker, just resurrected himself time and time again. He's going to be a huge loss for us this weekend, but what a performance again from Wade. And then in the forward pack, Tohu, again, tackled all day, led from the front in game 200. That's our inspirational skipper. Adam and Mitch, they were exceptional again through the middle. What a force these two are. They provide us with so much punch been the opposition defensive line every time and it's great to hear Big Mitch now out of hospital and that he's going to be okay moving forward. Boy was I worried he was going to be a huge loss to our side. Turns out it was just a stinger. The trip to the hospital was precautionary and it's great to have him back on deck hopefully in the weeks to come. Marata thought he was unreal again and then our bench mentioned Ciro. What a shift he put in. Tom Ali. 22 minutes, 120 run meters. What a workhorse he is. And then the Ball Brothers, D Walks and Jazz Tavanga. Love the energy from these two. They look like they formed a great bond together and they were at their menacing best. Jazz in particular, what a return to the top side. 32 tackles, 140 run meters and a try. All in 42 minutes. That's world-class stuff from the bloke that truly does epitomize what it means to be a warrior. You love to see it. So overall, a heck of a performance from the lads to go over there as heavy underdogs in the Townsville heat and truly dominate a quality opposition like that. It's not an easy task to do. So I tip my hat to them. Warriors fans, get excited. This is one heck of a football side we have and I can't wait to see them rip in to the doggies at Mount Smart this weekend. Sunday footy at its finest. Following that game, just the one more on the Saturday night and it was the Broncos taking on the Dragons with the Bronx getting the dub, 40 points to 18, but boy did the Dragons make them work for it. And they're actually winning, which had me thinking they were capable of pulling off another upset. Broncos though, just too much strike power late. Guys like Walshy and Cobb and Co proving too hot for the Red V to handle. And in the end, 
They got the job done. Super Sunday, double header. Doggies beating the Tigers 26 points to 22. Tigers made a bit of a fight late in the game to make the scoreboard look a little more respectable, but the Dogs were never going to lose this one. Well and truly dominated, and overall another pretty disappointing shift from the Tigers. And then final game of the round, Raiders tipping the Sharkies up. 24 points to 20 at home in Canberra. Just goes to show the green machine, they're no easy beat on their day, especially at the milk factory. They got the dub, but the Sharkies, they'll welcome back Nico Hines this weekend. So it's not all doom and gloom for the lads from the Shire. Which leads us through to this week and of course gets underway tonight with a repeat of last year's grand final. Should be a doozy of a game. The Eels taking on the Penrith Panthers who are fresh off a bye and ready to rip in. For Parramatta, desperate for a win. Boy do they need one and in great news for them, they welcome back Ryan Madison as well as suspensions finally over. You can only imagine he regrets that decision. Should have taken the fine, but he's back now. Starts in the second row. Jack Murchie, he drops out with a head knock. So that'll be a loss. But Meadow should add some real punch to that forward pack. He's got a great offloading game, and he's another big body. And Brad Arthur will be welcoming him back with open arms for the Panthers. Just the one change to their 17 that got the dub in round two. Scotty Sorensen, the Kiwi, he comes back onto the bench after recovering from a head knock himself. So this is probably their best 17. No doubt Cleary, Luai and Co will be looking to make another statement and show that performance in that grand final where they put 40-odd on the Eels wasn't a fluke. I'm back in Penrith to get this one. I think Para will be 0-4 and the tough times will continue. Full Fizz Friday, two games back to back. You got the Storm taking on the Tigers, and much like Brad Arthur, Bellamy will be relieved as well. Back in comes Cam Munster, but it's not all plain sailing. Out drops Jerome Hughes, who's been suspended for two games, went to the judiciary, tried to get off it, but was unable to do so. Dangerous contact charge. He was found guilty so he has to pay the price. Munster though, massive addition, he's just got that X factor about him, adds another element to the Storm attack, he's so dangerous, loves playing at Melbourne too, he scored in all four of his last games there, so the Tigers will have to be on high alert whenever he gets the stead in, in his mitts. And for the Tigers, Tim Sheens, he's decided to rejig things a little, which I really don't understand. Adam Dewehi, he's their best half. Why not move him to fullback? Bring in Brandon Wakeham to join Luke Brooks, two of the great battlers, to run the cutter. Then you've got Charlie Staines, he moves to the wing. Nofu Aluma, he drops out. Isaiah Papali'i, he comes back into the side. And Dane Laurie, their usual fullback, who I actually thought had been their best player through the opening two rounds, comes in to the utility role on the bench. Certainly interesting stuff for me. Look, the Tigers, they're certainly trying things. You can't question that. Just not going to be good enough. I'll still back the storm. Backs against the wall. They'll stand tall, especially at home. Second game that night. Huge clash, Dolphins-Broncos, the Battle of Brisbane, and this is set to be a barnstormer. She's at Suncorp, sold out, and no doubt the Dolphins fans will be getting out there in huge numbers. There's been plenty of chat leading up to this one. Winner can claim the stadium 
as their own. Unfortunately for the Finns, they're going to be without Finn Diesel as well. Kafusi, who tried to get off that tackle charge on Jackson Hastings, was unsuccessful in doing so. And as a result, he's now going to miss an extra week. He's out for four. Find that to be a really rough decision, to be fair. I've seen a lot worse in the great game go unpunished, but it is what it is, and this is a huge test for Wayne Bennett and co to see if they can lift. Kenny Bromwich, he'll come in and start in his position. Looked really solid there last week as well, and apart from that, they are unchanged. It's a shame Jeremy Marshall King, he's not back either, so it's not quite a full-strength Redcliffe, but I expect them to really show up and give the favourites a go. For the Broncos, they're flying high. Form side in the competition at the moment. Kevy Walters, he has the luxury of naming an unchanged 17. So zero excuses from them, and they'll be expecting to get the job done. The key battle for me here is actually the one off the park. Wayne Bennett versus Kevy in the coach's box. Of course, Wayne, he's a mastermind, used to coach the Bronx. He knows that place inside out. He'll be cooking up some kind of master plan to try and take down his old club. Kevy, he's going to need to stay composed, keep the boys on a level track, and try and guide them to the win. On paper, the Broncos should get the job done, but just in the back of your mind, you get that squeaky little inkling that perhaps the Dolphins, they could pull it off and continue this fairy tale. How good would that be? And get up, Uncle Wayne. Super Saturday, just the two games this week, so slightly quieter with the Cowboys taking on the Titans and the Bunnies taking on Manly. Cowboys, no Reuben Cotter, but they should still be too strong at home. They're getting desperate for a win as well. Toddy Payton with a pretty rough start to the year. Bunnies Manly, this will be a great game. Bunnies down troops in the middle, so the Manly pack will be looking to assert their dominance out wide. Some huge matchups Latrell versus Tommy, AJ versus Garrick, Elias and Walker versus Schuster and Cherry Evans. Origin selectors will be watching this closely, and I was quite surprised to see the Bunnies such heavily favourited for this game. Obviously, if they're at full strength at home, you'd tip them in. Manly, though, they've just got a real swagger about them at the moment, playing great code, and the Bunnies down key troops especially through the middle, as I've said four times. So this should be a great game, and I might tip the odds there, go the outsiders, and back in the Manly Gulls. Then Super Sunday, and this is where the weekend really heats up. We've got the Knights taking on the Raiders in Newcastle with Josh Papali coming back in for the Green Machine. Then we've got the Dragons taking on the Sharkies. Nico Hines back on board for the lads from Cronulla. But of course, the main event gets underway 4 p.m. Warriors taking on the Dogs at what is sure to be a sold-out Mount Smart Stadium and of course unfortunately as mentioned earlier Wade Egan he's been ruled out with a head knock has to have that mandatory 11 day stand down now so he'll have to sit this one out a huge loss to our side also missing out Mitch Barnett I believe this one's more precautionary than force but I love to see it she's only round four it's a long season and we really can't afford to have Mitch missing consecutive games if his injury got worse but never fair 
the Cavalry's here. Back in comes Chance and also Jackson Ford, which does mean, unfortunately, the young fella, Tane Torpiki, drops out. He's named on an extended bench, but I believe he'll play for the cup side. Bunty Afoa gets the start in Mitch Barnett's position, and Freddie Lussick gets the run in the nine. And this really shows our depth this year. Unreal to be able to bring in guys like Freddie, a quality hooker. Then on the bench, Josh Curran, he misses out Jersey 18, which a year ago, that would have been unfathomable. He was in New South Wales origin rumours, but again, how could you go past that bench last week? Ale Tavanga, Surinan and Dylan Walker all doing an exceptional job. She's a milestone game as well. Marata Niakore, which you love to see. The boys always get an extra lift and we're going to have to be on top of our game. This Bulldog side, they're coming over off the back of a couple nice consecutive wins against the Storm and the Tigers. They've got some informed footballers as well. None more so than Jacob Kiraz, who I believe ran for almost 300 metres last week. He's leading the Dally M charts. Certainly hot to trot. Then on the wings, and speaking of trot, Joshi Adokar. We know the pace and the attacking threat that he possesses, so our outside backs are going to have to be locked in. And the halves, Matty Burden, Kyle Flanagan, both great footballers. Reed Marnie, he runs a great cutter in the nine. And then guys like Viliami Kikau, Jacob Preston, Max King, they'll certainly roll up the sleeves, pack a big punch, and again defensively, we're going to have to be locked in. Our record at Mount Smart, though, against the Dogs, I don't believe we've lost to them since 2011. So that has me feeling confident. I'm also confident that Cossie's corner is going to deliver and Big Ed is going to dot down for a couple meaties. I really trust this team this year. Off the back of a big performance like last week, I think they'll be extremely confident. First home game of the season, of course, we were robbed of one in round one. Had to go down to Wally because of old Harry Styles. He's no longer around. The real kings of Mount Smart are back in town. And hopefully they can put on an even better show than old Hazard did. So make sure you get out to Mount Smart. Sunday Arvo, 4pm. In fact, before that, we've got the SG Ball team and the New South Wales Cup. So all three sides at home. Get along early. Bring the whole family. If you can't make it, of course, all these games live or on demand on Sky Sport now. You're home for rugby league. So rip in there. Up the mighty Waz. 13 plus, baby. Another dub to entrench us into the top four. Jumping into Rugby Union and of course before we get into last week's results in Super Rugby, the big news, the talk of the town, the one thing that was on everyone's lips this week is the appointment of one Razor Ray as All Blacks head coach from 2024 till 2027 and of course many have been calling this for a long time certainly was a popular decision amongst the New Zealand rugby public there was a bit of doubt sprinkled in the mix there many were saying Jamie Joseph was going to get the nod but in the end Razor gets it well deserved to his record with the Crusaders and the New Zealand under 20s certainly can't be questioned and I'm excited to see what he can do with this side moving forward 
in the years to come. Of course, we all know his coaching methodology. It's a bit different to your usual type of cutter that we've run at the All Blacks. He plays a bit more expansive, a bit more expressive, and his post-game press conferences and antics will be worth the price of admission alone. But in the meantime, I think the whole nation should really get behind one Ian Foster. Boy, do I feel sorry for him throughout this process. It's not every day you're preparing for the biggest competition in your sport, all while being told you're not going to be the coach next year. So I'd love nothing more than for Fozzie to get the job done, bring home the World Cup, and then Razor takes over from there with the best side in world rugby. That would be great to see. But well done to Razor. Certainly excited to see what he can do at the helm of the All Blacks over the next four years. Exciting times ahead for New Zealand rugby fans. So big fizz there. And speaking of exciting, geez, Super Rugby certainly delivering at the moment. I believe it's the highest scoring competition in Super Rugby history. Games are averaging 60 points or more. So she's all out attack and not a lot of defence. Round four kicked off last Friday with the Swirls taking down the Tars in the capital, 34 points to 17. A solid shift from Kini Naholo, who grabbed a double, and boy, is he a chip off the old block as well. My old man actually thought it was Waisake. Strong, powerful, fast, and when you give him half a break, he will make you pay. I thought Adi Savia was strong as well, and another name which continues to rise in New Zealand rugby, Cam Roygaard. He really did steal the show, of course, filling in in the nine jersey for TJ Perinara, but he's putting his hand up as a future All Black. Got a great passing game, good kicking game, and he's strong with ball in hand. That one try he scored, think he got through three or four defenders. Looks to be a big build. He's certainly athletic, so he's not your standard type of halfback frame. If he keeps this up, he has the potential to be a real bolter for the World Cup, but I think he's more a 2024 All Black. Maybe someone raises already circled in his calculations, but playing great footy, Cam Roygaard, arguably the form nine of the competition, which you love to see. Super Saturday, triple header, kicked off down in the Waikato FMG Stadium with the Chiefs dispatching fairly easily of the Rebels, 44 points to 25. Old Shooter, boy is he riding the wave. Another double for him, leading the competition with seven tries. Pretty crazy as well, we're only four rounds in. Last year's top try scorers, they totaled 10. Shooters on seven already, absolutely scoring them for fun. His fellow back three partners, Narawa and Nanai Satoru, were also lethal with ball in hand. And every time the Rebels kicked them the ball, you just had to wonder why. They did plenty of it, and those three made them pay. Razzle Dazzle Deluxe. They scored four of the Chiefs' six tries, but it still wasn't enough to get them the bonus point. Remain undefeated though, so job done for the Chiefs at home. Then we had the upset at Eden Park and boy was this heartbreaking. I was watching it, dual screens at home, had two tallies set up in the lounge, had some lads and lasses over to watch the footy, Warriors on one screen, Blues on the other and she was celebrations galore and then heartbreak, sad stuff. For the boys in blue, I really did feel confident heading into this one. I was tipping them left, right and centre and I thought Crusaders down a couple troops. We will get redemption for last year. Wasn't to be though. The Crusaders, off the back of a couple disappointing losses, really turned up and once again managed to get the wood 
over their old rivals. 62 points scored in total. It was an entertaining game. Tries left, right and centre and it went right down to the wire. The Blues twice had the chance to snatch the game from the jaws of defeat late. They just couldn't do it though and man did I feel sorry for Hoskins Satutu. He had an outstanding game especially with ball in hand. Unfortunately just couldn't put the ball down over the line in the tackle of a couple Crusaders defenders and that's what people will remember from this game moving forward pretty unfair for him the ref he's been pretty heavily criticized but actually thought the calls he made while they were big and important on the outcome of the game the majority of them were correct so you got to take your hat off to them the blues they played large amounts of this game with 13 men their discipline once again came back to bite them plenty of controversy plenty of drama everything you would want from a matchup between these two rivals. Mark Talia, he scored one of the solo tries of the year. There was no way he should have found his way to the white line in that situation. Was in the tackler of about two or three Crusaders lads, managed to poke his head through somehow, get free, and then gas it to the try line. What a performance from him. And with the unfortunate news, Sever Reese, he may be out for the rest of the season. I'm sure Talia's stocks continue to rise in Ian Foster's eyes. Other standouts for the Blues, I thought RTS was really good as well and he's come under a bit of scrutiny this week for his effort on the defensive end. Maybe he's still quite learning a few of his defensive reads but for me his attacking game just continues to go from strength to strength. Scored a great try underneath the sticks but it's more just his ability to get to gain line on every carry and his ability to create something as well when nothing much is happening he always steps up and gives it a red hot crack you gotta love that about him also thought Bryce Heem pretty underrated footballer to be fair he added some real punch off the bench and looked great in the Blues back line as well for the Crusaders plenty of standouts I thought Dallas McLeod not a player I had big raps on he was unreal in the 12 jersey mentioned I like the Blues because no David Harvilli Dallas certainly stepped up he's a big frame strong ball carrier and maybe one in the future that'll have that silver fern on his left tip too Sam Whitelock boy did he roll back the clock I've always been a bit harsh on Sammy never really been sold always thought he was a solid player and a great leader but man that performance he put in on the weekend was more reminiscent of a 21 year old lock than one of the old dogs an inspirational knock from him unfortunately he's broken his hand so he's also out for the next wee while fingers crossed he recovers quickly Lester Fying Arnoku he was lethal and for me he really needed that performance thought he was lucky to be an All Black at the end of last year and was probably going to be the first one to get the cut but he ran in a hat trick one of them in particular a beautiful try off a Richie Mwanga crossfield kick near his own goal line Ethan Blackadder, again, he was tireless, as was Tom Christie. And Richie Moanga, I thought he looked assured. The conductor, just pulling the strings, making all the right plays at the right time. A solid shift from the Crusaders and a much-needed win to shoot them back up the competition ladder and get them back in that favouritism tag. Many people were really starting to question if they had what it took to get the job done this year. Then we had the Brumbies taking on the Moana Pacifica over in Canberra. Scoreboard finished 62 points to 36, but for 50-odd minutes, the Moana were well and truly in this game, and in fact, at the 53-minute mark, 
They were in the lead, 36 points to 34. Unfortunately, the boys from the Aussie capital, they really turned it on late in the last 20 and piled on the points. The Moana, they just couldn't go with them for the full contest, but some promising signs there. Also some worrying ones too. You can't be conceding 62 points, albeit against the quality Brumbies side. Then Super Sunday, two games kicked off the first one down from Invercargill, which proved to be a happy hunting ground for the Landers. Jeez, they didn't look convincing, but a win's a win. And Clark Dermody will certainly take that. 43 points to 35, they get the job done. A spirited force side that certainly wouldn't roll over. Thought Hugh Renton again led the charge in the forward plat playing some great code in the loose forward position. And then Thomas Umanga Jensen, he's their firepower in the back line, gets them great go forward and help to ensure they got the five points. Final game of the round, nail biter, Reds just coming home against the drawer, 27 points to 24 again. Thought the Reds had this one locked up, 50 minute mark, up 24 to 3. The drawer though, they'll never say die, ran in three tries late in this game to make it exceptionally close. And they were kind of left thinking what could have been if they'd showed up earlier in the clash, perhaps they could have beaten the Crusaders and the Reds in back-to-back -back weeks. That would have been iconic scenes, which leads us through to this week, round five, and it gets underway tomorrow night in a game that I was really excited for. I thought we are going to see the best Aussie side in the Brumbies taking on the multiple defending champs in the Crusaders, and that both of these teams would be at full strength. Not to be though, Crusaders as mentioned, Sam Whitelock, broken hand, Sevu Reese, knee, they are both out. Still no David Harvilly, so certainly down on troops. And then the Brumbies, they've rolled out a very interesting side. Almost disappointing because I thought the Crusaders could have been right for the picking. Instead, seven changes, most of them in the forward pack, and it appears they've rested all their big dogs, giving them the week off. Guys like Rob Valentini and Pete Samu, those loose forward bash brothers, they won't make the trip, neither will Nick White. Lonergan gets the start in the nine. He's still a handy footballer, but I would have loved to have seen them bring their full strength side over here and give this game a red hot crack so we could really get a taste of how good this Brumbies side is. As a result, I think the Crusaders will be too strong and hold on. You'd have to think there's a bit of relief in their camp as well. Now knowing that Razor is the All Blacks coach, I'm sure it's been a distraction to them. They can now just knuckle in and focus on the rest of this Super Rugby campaign and I expect them to build off the back of last week's win and get another impressive dub. Then following that, Waratahs, they host the Chiefs over there in Sydney, 9.35 kickoff shooter, he makes his way to the bench, you'd have to think it's more just rest, had a heavy workload throughout the first four weeks of the competition, Gatland, he comes in to start at the 10, Brad Weber in the 9, D-Mac shifts to fullback, and we all know how talented he is at that position, Selby Rickett, he comes into partner Brody Retallick in the locks, again showing off their depth. And Sam Kane, he comes back in in the seven jersey as captain, looking to make a statement for the Tars. They've made nine changes this week, so fair to say they've rolled out the cavalry. Dave Porecki, he comes back in in the hooker jersey, talented player. And they've also brought back a number of their big names 
in the back line. They'll be up for this one. Looking to bounce back after a pretty disappointing second 40 against the Canes. They were right in that game up until half time. Then second half made way too many errors. So back home, they'll be looking to put in a big shift. Still think the Chiefs will be too good though. And they will be, at the end of Friday night, the only remaining unbeaten side in the competition for me. Brumbies to get the loss. Chiefs to get the dub. Super Saturday. And of course, unfortunately, all these teams from here on out haven't been named. So we're just presuming. But geez, this first game, this has banana skin written all over it for me. The Landers hosting the Fiji and Drua down there in this esteemer lunchbox. And of course, normally you'd think Landers at home, they will be too strong. Love playing under the roof. I tell you, another team that loves dry running rugby favorable conditions for the drawer if the landers want to play a fast tempo game i think that's going to backfire on them they need to take them on up front but it's not going to be easy either because this drawer side they're a lot stronger than previous years boy do they hurt you on defense so the spate soldiers are certainly going to have to roll up their sleeves and they're going to be made to work for this one. Then you've got the Moana hosting the Hurricanes at Mount Smart. Boy, do the Mount Smart groundsmen have their work cut out for them. Of course, they've got soccer there tonight. Then this game on Saturday. And then three games of rugby league on the Sunday. Busy weekend for those lads. And I think there's going to be a fair few points scored in this game too. The Moana, they haven't been strong defensively. The Swirls, no doubt they'll take the opportunity to rest a couple, but I believe the Moana actually tipped them up in this game last year at Mount Smart too, so they certainly won't want that embarrassment again, and I expect them to certainly not underestimate the boys from Mount Smart. Last game on your Saturday, bit of an Aussie doubleheader, Reds taking on the Rebels. This will be an interesting game, winner of this for me is the second best team in that Aussie conference, Rebels, they've been much improved this season. Reds, for me, you never quite know what you're going to get with them. With James O'Connor at the helm in the 10 jersey, I think they look great. Without him starting, they've looked pretty dusty. So let's see if he gets the nod. And then the final game of the round, and this is interesting stuff. On the Sunday, our team, the Mighty Blues, taking on the Western Force. 3.35pm kickoff, live from the Fortress Eden Park. And it's not often the Blues play on a Sunday. I believe this is because there's a one-dayer. Black Caps playing Sri Lanka on the Saturday, but what a cock-up this is, unfortunately. Mount Smart, that'll host the Warriors, and then at the same time, you've got Eden Park hosting the Blues. It's a real shame for fans of both codes like myself, and you'd have to think they're missing out on ticket sales as supporters can only pick to attend the one game. No doubt they'll get good bums on seats at Eden Park, though, and I'll be interested to see what kind of side Coach Leon McDonald rolls out. He'll be tempted to give some of his all-black stars one of those five weeks off that is mandatory. But we saw from the force last week, they're willing to travel and willing to play some exciting footy. Landers only just got the upper hand on them. So he'll have to be careful not to rotate the whole side. I think the Blues will bounce back though and do so fairly comfortably. I'll be tipping them 13 plus of course all day long. It'd be great to see us put in a solid shift right last week's wrongs. Get back to our winning ways and return Eden Park back to its fortress. Up the Blues! We will not lose. Go and get the job done, lads. Finally, before we move on from the great game of Rugby Union, just a quick little wrap-up 
of the Six Nations, which of course finished over the weekend. Ireland, they got the dub over the English, 29 points to 16. It was an improved performance from the Red Roses after being embarrassed by the French the week before, but they get the Grand Slam. The Green Leprechauns go 5 from 5 to finish on 27 competition points. Jeez, did they look good in doing so. A real statement in Rugby World Cup. Yeah, Scotland, they beat Italy 26-14, a great result for them to finish third on the ladder. Of course, behind the French, but ahead of England, their close rivals. And then you had France beating Wales 41 points to 28. The Welsh, just the one win throughout this competition against Italy as well. Warren Gatlin certainly has his work cut out for him. He's a great coach. I'm sure he'll be able to get these lads to lift prior to that World Cup in about six months' time. They just don't appear to have the same cattle available as your likes of your Ireland, your France, and your Scotland. So great Six Nations, some good results. Scotland beating England was right up there, as was France putting them away easily. The Irish certainly the team to beat in the Northern Hemisphere, and no doubt they celebrated that emphatic win with a fair few Guinnesses, St. Paddy's last weekend as well. So big fizz there. Weekly wrap time and we'll kick her off with a bit of cricket chat. Only fair to the Black Caps who of course wrapped up their test series with Sri Lanka, secured the 2-0 dub, did some convincing fashion, beating them in that second test by an innings and 58 runs off the back of a huge performance from Captain Kane and Henry Nichols with Remu in hand. And I think it was Nichols' first ever double century. He finished up on 200 not out. Captain Kane, 215. Boy, was it good to see him back leading the team around the park. A huge performance from the lads. They certainly lifted. And that now makes it three test wins in a row. A great finish to our summer of test matches before we move on to that one-day series that I alluded to earlier. So that gets underway Saturday at Eden Park before we head to Christchurch and Hamilton and then we play some T20s following that as well in Auckland, Dunners and Queenstown all against the Sri Lankans. So still plenty of Black Caps cricketing action up ahead but a great way to finish out our summer of tests. A great win against England, a sweep against the Sri Lankans. Up the mighty caps. UFC 286, that also went down last Sunday, of course. Early doors, breakfast biffs, and boy did this card deliver. Fight of the night for me, Gaethje. His biff with Fizev certainly lived up to all the hype. Boy, is he tough. He can take a punch and he can throw them as well. And he just showed Fizev, who actually came in as the favourite despite being ranked lower than him. He kind of showed him, if you want to be a top five fighter, you certainly got to step your game up. A huge win from him. And then in the main event, Leon Edwards defended his belt in the trilogy. Got the dub over Usman, which I didn't think he would do. And he looked really good in doing it too. Boy, are his kicks damaging. Landed quite a few of them early, both to the legs and the body in the end won by unanimous decision and while a few people were saying they thought Usman was robbed I thought it was pretty clear Edwards dominated the fight and deserved the dub so well done to him that next big UFC card I think it's in about two weeks time of course headlined by Israel Adesanya taking on Pereira can't wait for that scrap and fingers crossed Izzy can go the big lift and get that belt back that he most certainly deserves 
in my humble opinion. Over to the NBA. And of course, all these games live or on demand on Sky Sport now via ESPN. Most teams now really in their deep run to the playoff. Only about 10 games left in the regular season. So I thought I'd do a little stocks rising and stocks falling really quickly for you to paint a bit of a picture heading into the playoffs in the East. The team to beat... Definitely still the Milwaukee Bucks. They've won seven of their last 10 games, 51 of 20 throughout the year. And they're back to full health now. Giannis, Middleton, Drew Holiday, all on board. Brooke Lopez has become a real lockdown defender, an elite shot blocker at that end of the court as well. Celtics, they're still in second, but only just hanging on. And for me, their stocks appear to be falling. They've been hit by injury. No Rob Williams in the centre position, which has really hurt them. But they've gone five from five and had a couple of bad losses to teams like the Jazz and the Rockets. Worrying signs for them. On the other hand, the Sixers, they're hot on their tail and they've looked incredibly good. They've won eight of their last ten. Embiid playing like the MVP. In fact, I think he's now the favourite at the bookies and of course you got guys like Harden, Maxi, and Tobias Harris in that team as well. They've certainly hit their straps, they're peaking at the right time of the year and that's got Sixers fans once again excited that they could make a deep playoff run. In the Western Conference, the Nuggets looks like they've wrapped up the number one seed four games ahead of the Grizzlies who again have done incredibly well in this period without Ja Morant. He comes back today actually. So interested to see how he goes after that long layout. Shout out to the Kings. They're sitting in third. Six and four from their last ten. But just the fact that they are in that third position is pretty phenomenal really. Sabonis, De'Aaron Fox, both of them have been exceptional. This is a team that has really struggled just to rack up more than 20 or 30 wins in seasons gone by. Now sitting in third, looking to secure home playoffs. You love to see it. Suns in fourth. Of course, no KD at the moment, but once he comes back, they will be ready to make an all-out assault on the finals. And then in fifth and sixth, both teams starting to climb now. The Clippers and the Warriors both stacked with veterans, full of playoff experience, and they're probably two teams not many others will want to play come playoff time. Keep an eye on the Lakers too, currently sitting in 11th, but only half a game out of the play-in. Rumours, LeBron, he'll be back before the end of the season. They need him back. They've been going great guns ever since that trade window ended. This new look side is a lot better than the one that started this season. If they can get Bron in, I'm confident that they can make a real run come playoff times as well which would be exciting to see. So just a couple weeks left in the NBA regular season before she's all go in the playoffs. Excitement deluxe. And then finally, just to touch on, mentioned it earlier in the podcast, but of course the All Whites, they are hosting China tonight in a little two-game friendly series, which is great to see. It's not often we get to see the All Whites playing on home soil, especially against the quality opposition as well. So these should be some good games. Unfortunately, we are without a couple of our star players. Guys like Sarpreet Singh, Ben Wayne and Bill Toiloma. 
But in saying that, we still have blokes like Chris Wood, Tommy Smith, and Ollie Sale, so we should put in a good performance. 7pm tonight on Sky Sports 7. Make sure you tune in and get behind the All Whites if you can't get along to the game. I'm sure they appreciate your support. It'll be great to see them put the Chinese away and wrap up this series 2-0. Second game in Wellington on Sunday. Get up, the All Whites. Q&A time to finish off the episode, gone through and picked out three of the best, so let's rip into those. The first one comes through from Alan Benny, long time listener and long time question asker and he says, Ireland in the World Cup, are you scared? With the eyes emoji and of course this is slightly biased from Alan, he is Irish and no doubt he's fishing for some compliments which he would have already heard. He look incredibly scared about taking on Ireland, especially the fact that we could cross them in the quarterfinals if results don't go our way. Of course, mentioned they're the best side in the north at the moment, playing a great attacking brand of football. They've got a lot of depth in their squad as well, some exciting young talent, and also some great old heads and veterans. They're in the same pool as South Africa, we're in the same pool of France, and we're on the same side of the draw. So there definitely is a chance where we could collide with them in the quarters if not they will play France both games will be huge so certainly worried about Ireland to be fair though if the All Blacks can't win it Ireland would probably be my second choice of team just love watching the way they play I think everyone likes the Irish so it'd be great to see them go all the way if of course the All Blacks can't if we play them in a quarter though I'll certainly be hoping We put a cricket score on them. The next one comes through from Ethan Ryan. And he says, when is your podcast with Mark Robinson coming out? Actually dropped last night. Of course, one take, the official podcast of the One New Zealand Warriors. Lucky enough to sit down with Robbo, the owner, and a heck of a great bloke. I tell you what, we're extremely lucky as Warriors fans to have an owner as passionate and as dedicated as him. If it wasn't for him, this club wouldn't exist. and We certainly wouldn't be in the strong position we're in now. But mentioned it came out last night. The link's in my bio if you haven't checked it out yet on Spotify, Apple, and YouTube. Make sure you get around it. If you're a diehard Warriors fan, you'll love hearing what Robbo has to say. doesn't often do stuff in the media, so tune in to hear from the great bloke. And then your final question comes through from Travis Moody, and he's been asking some rippers over the past couple weeks, and he says, do you preheat your oven before you start cooking? And look, great question there, Travis. And I think, to be honest, if you don't, again, you really need to take a good hard look at yourself. There has been times where I've forgotten to do so, and it's incredibly frustrating. There's nothing worse. You're preparing your meal. She's all ready to go in. You open up the oven door. You're not feeling any heat panic stations you've just added another 10 minutes to your cook you always got to preheat your oven mine's fan forced so I like to go to 180 degrees they recommend you do so for around 5 to 10 minutes prior to inserting your meal so look Travis certainly hope you're doing the same if not would definitely recommend it the quicker you can speed up your cooking time it's always beneficial especially when you're starving nothing worse then delaying your dinner. So three great questions there, and I appreciate them all. 
That's us for another episode of Surly Talk Sports. Hope you enjoyed it. If not, cheers for listening anyway. And I'll catch you back here, same time, same place next week. Shout out again, Sky Sport. Now, remember, if you're not currently a customer, head along, sign up, Chuck Surly 10 as the discount code in at checkout. You'll get yourself 10% off the weekly, monthly, and annual subscription. You can cancel at any time, and it really is the place to watch all your sporting action live or on demand. Highlights, docos, pay-per-views, you can do it all through the Sky Sport Now app. So go check it out. Hope you have a good weekend. Enjoy all the sporting action. Up the Waz and up the Blues. Get up the All Whites as well. Hopefully they can go the big lift. Catch you tomorrow for Surly Talks punting. How good is a Thursday?